it is just after two o'clock, and so we'll go ahead and start. I want to welcome everybody to the pit stop. It's your fortnightly midweek rest area to refuel your drive. I'm Karen Cummins. I'm an audiobook narrator and the chief cartographer for narratorsroadmap.com, and I'm your host for Pit Stop. And with me in the co-pilot seat is my fabulous friend and award-winning audiobook narrator, Anne Flosnick, who you might know hosts the Narrator Uplift show on Clubhouse. I missed you at the picnic a couple of weeks ago, Anne. I'm glad you're here today. How are you? Oh, I'm great, thank you. I'm delighted to be here with you and Allison. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who were with us last time, we had a picnic with the audience, and Anne couldn't be with us that day because she was at her movie premiere. <laughs> <laughs> a long ago one, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was the star, and so... A star. You know, she was well. walking the walking the red carpet while we were entertaining ourselves but (laughs) (laughs) every other week uh, we do this on pit stop audiobook narrators who do more than narrate pull into the pit stop and they are sure to inspire you to follow your interests and use all of your talents and gifts and i want to let you know this conversation is being recorded so you'll be able to re-listen or catch parts you missed Feel free to comment in the chat and raise your hand in the app if you want to be part of the conversation, because we'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much for joining us. Today, I am super thrilled to welcome Allison Larkin to the Pit Stop. Allison is a comedian, audiobook narrator, producer, and the founder of Berkshire-based audiobook company, Allison Larkin Presents, which is pinned in the uh, app. You'll, you can go to her site. She's also the best-selling author of The English The English American, an autobiographical novel about an adopted young English woman who finds her birth parents and true love in the United States, which sprang from her one-woman comedy on the subject. Her new autobiographical one-woman show, Grickle, a comedy, will premiere Soho Theater in London the fall of 2023 and will be filmed as a TV comedy special for 2024. We cannot wait to hear about those things. Allison has narrated over 200 audiobooks, including the complete novels of Jane Austen. And for news and giveaways, do visit AllisonLarkinPresents.com and sign up for her mailing list. So welcome to the Pit Stop, Allison. I'm so glad you're here. Well, it's so, so lovely to be here. Hello. I'm I'm curious how you found your way to audiobooks because I saw on LinkedIn that you you studied English and drama and you were first for TV and radio drama. So what were you planning to do? What and then what was your path and how you got to audiobooks? <laughs> well, it was an unusual path. I was uh, I trained as an actress in England. I went to drama school and uh, was acting in plays in the UK, when in my mid-twenties, I found the birth mother that I'd been looking for and wondering about all my life. I was raised and adopted at birth by an English couple who were living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And I was raised in England and Africa. And then I found my birth mother. And where was she living but Bald Mountain, Tennessee? (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like you lived there yourself. <laughs> so I I mean, so I moved to New York City and became a stand-up comic because what else do you do? <laughs> so I I wrote a show, a one-woman comedy show, which blended stand-up comedy and theatre. I'd been a classical actress and a playwright in England and a stand-up comic in New York, and I thought, hmm. What if I was to blend these two forms and create a show that's half stand-up, half theater? So I did. And it was, I played myself, my American birth mother, who (laughs) sounded very like this, and my English mother, who was her diametrical opposite in every single way. And I did something that hadn't been done before, which was, I I told a story of what it was like for somebody from a really happy adoptive family to need to know the truth about the people she came from. And I 
I figured out if I could do it through comedy, <laughs> if you somebody said it, it may have been Oscar Wilde, it may have been Dorothy Parker, same thing. They basically said, if you want to tell people the truth, make them laugh first or they'll kill you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wrote this one woman show. It became a hit. It led to Hollywood and all sorts of exciting things. Like I was going to star in my own sitcom with ABC and CBS yeah. and blah, blah. Yeah. And then I wrote a book, and this is going to answer your question. I, when I had children, I thought, okay, I, I don't really want to be anywhere near Los Angeles because, to quote my comedian friend, Argus Hamilton, the L.A. philosophy is, I may not be much, but I'm all I ever think about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I took the kids. That's Move. a quotable quote for a T-shirt. <laughs> it really is good. It's very August Hamilton. And we, we came back east. And then I had these children and I didn't want to spend my evenings in the comedy club. So I thought, I know, I'll write a novel and uh, about an adopted English woman who finds her birth parents in the United States, which is based on on the show. And I narrated the audiobook for Audible. And Audible heard that I could do any accent. And they said, would you be interested in narrating an Australian book? Can you do Australian accents? I said, sure can. So I did three Australian books for Audible. And then they kept hiring me to do more books. And suddenly I thought, oh, wait a second, you mean I don't have to do any work? I just get to sit and read other people's books and I don't have to write my own. This is much easier. And that's how I got into audiobooks. And w when was this? What, about what time, <laughs> well, about what my, time was this? <laughs> we're talking, my book was published in 2009. Okay. And Simon & Schuster published it. And it it became a bestseller. And then it, I was doing, I wasn't doing that many audiobooks. I mean, I was just, I was living in New Jersey at the time and popping in and out of the Audible studio uh, at the time. And I would, um, I would narrate a few books. And then I really started um, in about 2012, after I'd moved to the Berkshires with two children, which is an area where you really cannot make a living unless you're a writer. And I wasn't writing. So uh, when Tantor called me up and said, if you will promise us 15 audiobooks a year, we will set you up with a home studio. I said, fantastic. <laughs> so I remember the guy from Dantor coming to my house in the middle of nowhere where I just moved with my two children, having just left my husband. <laughs> and this guy, very nice man, said, well, the best place for you is probably going to be your closet. So I sat in my closet with my clothes acting as a sound barrier. Mm -hmm. And I narrated all day, picked my kids up from school, fed them, put them to bed, narrated all night. And, and, and that's how I really got into it. And you had that tantra system too, right? They came to your house. And, <laughs> no, or did, no, or did they come, no. Or they just no. expected you to set it up. No, 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 no. It was all over the phone, like the fairies oh. over the phone or something. I don't know. It was magic. I, I still don't know how it all worked out, but it did. Do you mean you well, narrated I over the phone, Anne? No. <laughs> You're even more impressive than I thought. <laughs> Special dispensation hotline. No. Annie Flosnick is so good. She can narrate her own. That's right. <laughs> Not only is she a movie star, but. <laughs> oh, well, as are you, Alison. But anyway, um, no, no, no. No, they set me up over the phone with instructions. You know, this goes to that and wow. the pieces. They they sent the computer tower and they sent the, um, oh, I shouldn't really say too much, I suppose, because that was a proprietary thing at the time. But anyway, they sent all the bits and bobs, including the microphone, and told me what to do. Wow. <laughs> well, yes. you see, you must be now. So now we also know we're going to add add technical whiz to your list of talents because well, I, I, wish. I couldn't figure it. I said, no, 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 you, you're going to have to come because I'll cry. I, I won't be able to do this. And they did come. I think it's very impressive that you did it 
I mean, it really sold. So I thought, oh, I'll do Emma. And then I started to do other books for, to begin with in the public domain, then not in the public domain. And then I thought, oh, I don't want to do all the work. So I would hire really talented people only, <laughs> like really good narrators who I loved and um, built my company, which started in 2017. And now we've just produced our 98th book. Wow. And we've won 40 earphones awards. And oh, I, fantastic. Um, and mm. then during the pandemic, I had this, I mean, it was all so awful, wasn't it? And mm. I was thinking, you know, we audiobook narrators and writers are used to being completely isolated, but people who actors aren't, and I suddenly thought about all the actors there were around me who were, you know, quite depressed, um, disconnected. And I thought, right, OK, then I'll produce Moby Dick. So, <laughs> so Cecil B. De Larkin calls, <laughs> calls, calls up Johnny Epstein, who's an absolutely fantastic actor, because I just knew on a hunch he was the guy. And he actually drove up to the Berkshires from Florida wow. in the pandemic with a knife in his car, by the way, because he didn't want to stay in a hotel in case he got COVID. So he slept in his car and he had a knife by his side just in case oh anyone attacked him. Very exciting. Anyway, he came up and he gave the most brilliant performance of Moby Dick. I mean, he was superb. Mm. And then... I forgot all about it. And then it was an audio award finalist along with HarperCollins and McMillan yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. for, for oh, literary classics huge. and fiction. It was huge. Mm. So I, I've sort of got to this place now where I just, I seem to know what's going to work. People give me money to produce books and I'm, and we're growing and we're now going to grow even more. And actually mm. I'm going to throw out to the narrators out there because you're all brilliant. If you have a book, that you really want to do. It doesn't have to be public domain, does at all. Could be an original piece of writing, could be something that you can get the rights for, that you think we could get the rights for. Let me know because we have, we're expanding and I am passionate about working. I, I just think that, you know, I, I love working with really gifted people and we've got more, I, you know, there are various people working with me now and um, and I just think we should expand as far as we can go, why not? Mm -hmm. Well, I like how you think. But, but when you <laughs> when you talk about the rights, would you be looking for the narrator to have acquired the rights, or you're well, saying come to you I with mean, the idea, and maybe you could acquire the rights? If if I love it, I'll. It's such a pain acquiring rights, as you it's, well. Yeah, know. it's a slog. I mean, it's and, a slog, and, and if and you can even get an answer, sometimes exactly. just that's exactly. the hardest part. But if the narrator's got the got the rights, absolutely. If I love it, we'll do it. We'll find a way to do it if we can. But if if um, I mean, we don't have a rights department, but if anybody out there is listening and would like to be our rights department, <laughs> be an email because, you know, why not? You know, if somebody knows is good at that. Um, but we've had, I mean, we've got the rights to some fantastic books. Oh, God, there was this book in England called Jessica's Ghost in England and called Friends for Life in the US. And it was a beautifully written book about teen suicide, which sounds grim, but it wasn't it it had lightness and humor and it was encouraging kids to connect with one another and it was about love really and it was a really important book and the guy had seen my comedy and we met and I said can we do it on audio he said absolutely and so I'm, I'm actually quite excited because everything that's happening for me with the comedy that I'm doing next is going to um, I think have more and more authors come to us and say yes you can do our book because we we like to do it really really well and we care about it and we promote it properly not that i'm saying the others don't but we we take extra care i think how did you learn how to do all this alison what well being a i think you if my memory serves me correctly you are one of the first and one of the most successful narrator publishers you ran well, with this very early well you know i just I just did it because it, it seemed pretty, it wasn't rocket science and I just did it. And I, I didn't know whether it would, whether I'd pull it off, but to be honest, I had to do it because I don't see why I should keep this quiet. My husband had lost all my money. 
my mm. husband, my husband now. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd made a lot in Hollywood and I was going to have my own TV show twice and I'd had this big best-selling book and all that stuff. And then sadly, it turned out that he wasn't very good with money. He wasn't a bad mm. man. He just mm. was not good with money. So I was in the Berkshires with two children who I had to support on my own. So sort of mm. necessity was the mother of invention. So uh, I knew I was making a certain amount, as are we all, when we were hired by Tantor or whoever it was, but it wasn't a huge amount. Mm. And I thought, I've got to find a way to make more money. And then as I did, I would just put the money back into the company and keep growing it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I have a knack for promotion, I think. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's doing well. I mean, and I'm just very excited because a couple of people who've seen what I'm doing are saying, we'd like to give you some money to keep doing more books. And I'm going, thank you so much. And and like, Come so over here and sit by me and let's <laughs> talk. <laughs> so now it's like a question of what? And I mm. really want to bring things into the world that will make it better. What does that mean? It could mean many, many, many things. But I will, I'm not going to bring in, I, I, I'm not going to bring in a book that has a mean spirit. I'm not going to bring out a book that, that makes people feel worse than they did when they started listening to it. And, and, but it, it, that could be anything. Mm -hmm. I, and so it's pretty broad umbrella. And that's sort of where we're at. We're at the brainstorming stage right now. It's quite an exciting place to be, actually. Not bad. Goodness gracious. I'm still back on your comment if somebody wants to be your rights department, because you don't mm -hmm. know this, but I, I actually love researching ah. rights holders. People come to me about that. I mean, sometimes I'll even ask them, well, you know, what's the name of the book? And let me see what I can find out. Great. Because... Because I I love doing that, but then I'm Great. thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't tell her this because I'm already doing I other know. things. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you should drop everything else <laughs> and just be my rights department. But you know, it wouldn't yeah. be it wouldn't be too much work. I mean, it would only be I'd have to really love a book if if a narrator listening today uh, came up with a book that hasn't been done yet. Um, I mean, I I would if I'm in love with it. If I feel this is something we should be doing and you love it too, then absolutely. But it's not going to be every book. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like there'd be 10 books to get the rights for tomorrow. But um, that would be amazing. Mind you, they say, if you want something done, ask the busiest person. A busy person. <laughs> yes. But you, you would really need to work with an attorney, though, to draw up a contract. I mean, I might be able to find oh, I have the, the person or the path in to talk to them. I have that. But Oh, well, good. I mean, and what other help do you have? Do you have an assistant, like a virtual assistant or a physical assistant? Or are you doing everything yourself? I think I must have about maybe nine or ten people working for me, but they're all remote because mm -hmm. thanks to technology. Uh, <laughs> they, so, so it's just me and my trusty assistant, Charlie, who is a dachshund, uh, a rescue aww, dachshund aww. Um, in the house. <laughs> and my kids are now in college. So um, I don't have, I don't really need one, but I do have people absolutely working for me, doing various different aspects of of the business and doing it beautifully. Um, and I'm always on the lookout. I was very exciting to go to APAC this time because I, I was wandering around listening to people's voices. Mm. And uh, as I, in fact, one of them is here, Craig is here. And I heard his voice. I'm going, oh my God, he's perfect for a project I have coming up. So I introduced oh. myself to him rather boldly and listened to him a bit more as he was chit-chatting about how noisy the room was because they always are at APAC. <laughs> and then I thought, oh yeah. So when the time comes and the material is there, I mean, that's what that that's exciting. I love coming up with, I mean, new, new narrow. In fact, I found four voices. I can't tell you who they are yet, but, but four people, we've got projects beginning to roll since APAC. So it was quite exciting. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So obviously they know who they are. <laughs> well, they, one of them doesn't know he's got the job yet. And another oh. one is, is, is a woman from another country who, I'm tr who is on holiday. But she, <laughs> but she will know soon enough. But, yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing that, you know, you know, I'm trying to balance, though. I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm, you mentioned in your introduction that I have been away from audiobooks. I mean, I wasn't away from audiobooks, but I didn't do a huge amount in the last year and a half. I had a, a, 
a tricky pandemic because my fiance, who was from India, uh, died suddenly and oh, yeah. uh, and terrible. tragically. Mm-hmm. So I then was, you know, we all were. I mean, what a traumatic time it was for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. And so my way of processing the impossible has always been to write about it. So I disappeared for a year and I wrote Grief, the musical, a comedy, um, because I had experienced something really unexpected. I had assumed that if I lost the love of my life, I would be wanting to crawl under my bed and never come out again. Mm. And instead, I found that I wanted to live more fully than mm. ever before. And it was it it was something that grew and grew. And I had met Archbishop Desmond Tutu in 25, 2005. Um, a friend of mine was making a film about him and I met him over I met him at a dinner. Mm. And um he uh actually it was quite an interesting story. I was sitting at the end of a table and Tutu was at the end, other end of the tables, sitting next to two very, very impressive young men who were impressing him and telling them all about their achievements. <laughs> as, as impressive young men are wont to do. <laughs> and with the emphasis on the word men, but let's let's not be serious. Yes. Anyway, sorry, chaps. But anyway, not all of you. But so there's Tutu at the end of the table and he says, he stops them talking and he says, I did not win the Nobel Peace Prize to listen to you two going on and on on and on about how great really you are, while oh. you completely ignore the young woman at the end of the table oh, <laughs> wow. oh. so Alison tell us about you and oh. I said ah right um <laughs> hello <laughs> I said well I I was adopted and I came to America to find my birth mother and I do voices because I can do any accent and he said can you do Margaret Thatcher and I said what you want, the Desi I got. What you need, you know I got it. All I'm asking is for a little respect. Sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it to me. <laughs> and he cracked up. And then he said, I want you to come with me for two days. And I hung out with him for two days. And we just cracked each other up. And then, oh my gosh. And then he said to me something at that time. He said, I want you to remember something. I can't control what happens to me, but I can control how I respond to it. So flip forward 15 years and this wonderful man who I had literally just agreed to marry three days before dies oh suddenly. Oh and I remember Tutu. I, I couldn't, I kept thinking about Desmond Tutu. And I contacted the friend who, uh, you know, had introduced us I, I actually found an audiobook which I highly recommend called the book of joy which is the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu with Douglas Abrams and it was I would listen to it on a loop at night and wake up <clears throat> and listen to one of these two great spiritual leaders talking and go back to sleep anyway long story sort of short I this woman who had introduced us said you have got to tell Desmond Tutu what you just told me about this um this this remembering of what he had said to you and 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 I told him I said this great loss has happened but I feel a tremendous joy and a desire to live more not less to love more not less and I don't know what it is and he wrote back and he said Alison you've got to tell this story and I wrote back and I said, I can't write another book. It, I really can't. I just can't. He said, so write another show, tell jokes, yeah. write songs, but tell it. Because many people to whom this would have happened would condemn themselves to a life of despair and you can bring hope. So, yeah. and then he died. 
So I kind of had to do it. I mean, you can't promise Desmond Tutu something and then not do it. So then I followed through, did the show. It sold out in the US and now that's it's going to London in the fall. And then we're doing the comedy special in 2024. So there's that going on at the same time. But I think it'll be very good for the audiobooks because um, we're in interviews and things, I'm sure I'll be talking about the audiobooks as well. So it'll it'll be good for both sides of what I do. Cross-pollination, yes. Well, and yeah. that incredible story is mm. so inspirational. Yeah. That people will definitely want to learn more about you and your other work, just even mm. from that story. That's such an... And I don't use the word amazing lightly. I mean, people will say, oh, that dress on you is amazing. No, it's not amazing. So if I say something is amazing, it really and truly is. And that's what your story is. This this meeting with Desmond It was Tutu extraordinary. It yeah, is. and I mean, and what just... it is, and where I am at now is the reason I've sort of disappeared from audio for about a year. I mean, we produced, but not not as much. I'm back, but I've just I'm literally just finishing a book called Grief, the book, a comedy, <laughs> which <laughs> is the story. It's it's. And and that is um, we've had some some interest from publishers and that sort of thing. So I'm just I'm doing that at the same time. But I I just think come on, look, we all learnt something in the pandemic, and mm-hmm. what we learnt was don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's what I feel. We 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 could all be dead tomorrow, so don't waste it. What do you want to do with it? Oh, wait a second. Maybe we could make the world a bit better. How? Oh, wait. We could do good work. As artists, we can do good work and we can bring good things into the world that didn't exist before. What a unique position we're in. So um, I, I'm that's sort of where I'm at right now. Wow. Well, and I know you worked with uh, somebody to write music for ah, Grief. I did. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, was sort of, I mean, I was sort of going, oh, God. I don't want to do another one-person show because it's a bit like being in the booth. You know how lo- mm. it can be lonely in the booth. Mm. And I thought, I don't want to be on stage on my own. And then I thought, aha. I, I, and I remembered Gary Schreiner, who wrote the music for my first show, which was not a musical. Neither is Grief the Musical, by the way. I just liked the title. But still, <laughs> there was a couple of songs in it. So I called him up and Gary's one. He's an Emmy Award winning composer and he's worked with everyone from Elton John to Yoko Ono to Joan Osborne. And he's played at Carnegie Hall. And he's if you if you think you don't know him, you probably do. He's he's brilliant. And and I called him up and I said, look, would you if I can come up with some lyrics, would you please write some music? And he said, yes. And I drove to New York and I, I went six times in total. I'd stay over and we'd work on on I think there were six or seven songs in the show and um each song sort of sort of um really kind of crystallized mm-hmm. uh what I was trying to say because I think in a song you can do that and um so he was amazing and 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 that what I started with was it's like where do I start like where do I start ah what do I really want to say and it was don't waste your time on things that you know really aren't worth a dime. Each day you get to choose how you will spend it. Don't mm. waste a minute because tonight might end it. Oh Don't waste your time. Mm. Tur- turn off your phones. Stay close. Make love. Relax. Take break from the facts. If she dreams of Peru, tell her you will go too. Don't waste your time. And that was the message that I got was like, oh, my God. So I think when Bima died, I went straight into the present. And I've been there ever since. It's been almost three years now. Um, Well, it will be at the end of July. Um, So it's a a unique sort of – it's it's not that unique, but that's sort of why I did it and why I wrote it because we don't – you know, this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is our time, and and yeah. we don't want to waste it. No, nothing is promised or certain. Right. Have you thought about, and maybe you already are doing this, but having sheet music sales to go at least for that song? <laughs> I think I, I'm I think, sure you're well ahead of me on the game here, but I'm sitting here. No, I'm that. not. <laughs> I don't so even know brilliant. how the melody goes, but I bet it's something Karen. I'd like to learn to play. Well, I'll tell you what. Once we've done the the comedy special, 
uh, then the, after that, I think. But I think before then, we've got to kind of keep it a bit under our hats, but not really. But yeah, well, but we will. Have it- have it ready at the time you do so maybe the then i can have yeah. you you can run the sheet music department <laughs> <laughs> right to you department sheet music karen comments i love it mm-hmm. oh no 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 because uh, yes. I'm like, I, <laughs> I, I i buy sheet music i don't know how to make sheet music other oh, well okay. other than you know, making a PDF of it and putting it in my music app. Other than that, I don't, I'm not your person. But you're amazing. You have a gift, Karen, for um, thinking of things like that. I mean, you know, I never thought of that. And you, you have a way of, of, of thinking like that. So what's your story? How did you uh, come to have that kind of thinking, which is not, uh, not traditional? I'm not the guest here on this. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, who, maybe Although somebody I see. Can... I, I see people in the chat. Melissa saying, "Karen, you're hired again," and Karen Gabbett says that I'm double hired. All the hats. So, <laughs> so maybe that's all we need to know. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I it just. I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but I, I don't I don't want to take time to talk about me because I'm wanting everybody to hear about you. But just real quick in answer to your question, I mean, I've just always been logical. And like I said, I've worked over 25 years in IT. I have, you know, bachelor's in journalism, master's in computer information systems. But aside from that, I've just... I, I mark. I, maybe it was I minored in marketing in college. I've always had an interest in marketing. But beyond yeah. that, and, and this is the honest truth, the, the, beyond that, my goal, and I don't really say this to anybody most of the time, but I try to add value to everything I do. Yeah. And, and with that in mind, like even when I mail something, I will put a one cent stamp on it because I am adding value to it. Because That's wonderful. Um, and so I'm, that's where that comes from. It's just the the desire to be helpful, the desire to add value, and yeah. always loving marketing. So I guess those things coalesce into, also, you know, you could sell sheet music. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're very generous, and you've done a huge amount for the audiobook community. And I think, I mean, this is the secret, which, of course, everybody really knows, but we forget sometimes. It's the thing, you know, that if you want to be deeply happy then help everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> i agree yeah, <laughs> absolutely. and i think you know that and i think i think i've figured it out and i think it's true and and um you're amazingly generous though and uh thank you so thank you we all thank you because you always are you know if somebody has a question you're the one who answer it so um thank you well, thank you for those very kind, warm words. I do appreciate it. Um, but I also know your time is limited with us today. And mm. I want to be sure that yeah. if the audience wants to chat, we'd love to hear from you. Just raise your hands. And uh, there are some questions that I have, like, I have what I call the pit stop hot seat. And so one question that I would like to ask you mm. is, if you went into the witness protection plan, what identity would you like to assume? Oh, would oh. I have to? Would I have to assume another identity? And I guess you could ha- you could even pick which voice you want to use. Well, with this it, is the so. question: Will I be seen? <laughs> I mean, could I be any accent at all, or will I still look like me? You could do whatever you wanted. You know, they they get uh, uh, plastic surgery if you wanted that, or you could. Just what identity would you want to be? Hmm. Well, you know, I did spend a lifetime searching for my biological family. So I would be able to integrate that knowledge into my identity. And I, I, I really like being who I am. But if I'd have to, if I had to disguise myself, <laughs> this is such a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think. My might might like to wrap myself up in um cloaks and um <laughs> and just wander around as a cloak person watching everybody and and not being seen. How's that? 
I don't know how you'd get your mail as a cloak person, but (laughs) well, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Annie. You know those cloaks that that people wore in England at school in the olden days. Yes, grey cloak, and I would wander around, and nobody would see me. That's no, but that's that's a a crime against humanity. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I can't be. I can't be myself, right? So. I don't know. I might. I, I don't know. I. I think I'd probably change accent every day. I might mm-hmm. like one day say hello, mate. I'm going to be Australian, and then we might be from Russia the next day, and then we might. I don't know. I really. Mm-hmm. It's a very good question. I wish I don't. I don't really have a very good answer for you. I might like to be a flyer. Oh, what about mm-hmm. a pilot? Ooh. I could be a pilot and fly little planes. And <gasps> pretend to come from a different country, and uh, that might be fun. Ugh. Well, and there's actually there's nothing from stopping you. I mean, you don't even have to be in the witness protection plan. There's nothing mm-hmm. from stopping you from doing these things. And in fact, I sometimes think that kind of question might reveal to us other things we'd like to try, but maybe we've held ourselves <laughs> back. So well, maybe I you don't, don't want to wonder around in your spare time. You want to take some flying lessons. <laughs> maybe I do. I'm so you know why? Because I'm scared of heights. And I think it's a really good idea to do what you're afraid of. Oh. <laughs> I'm <crazy laughs> even thinking of it. <laughs> I see Anne's face with that. <laughs> you're so brave, Alison. No, not yeah. really. Oh, no. oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know. It's, you're only brave. Actually, maybe it's brave if you are afraid. There's, there's a line I wrote in my book, The English American, my birth father, in the book says there is no courage without fear mm-hmm. and that's true that's true because you can't Very be brave true. if you're not if you're not brave if you're not afraid of doing something then like it doesn't scare me to go on stage i'm sure many of you are the same that's not scary mm-hmm. going on stage in front of tons of people eh i'm a little afraid of having to have a clean kitchen <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative <clears throat> yeah Wow. Well, we won't we won't talk about your kitchen at the moment. No, good. <laughs> what? I saw this question the other day, and I thought this was kind of an interesting thing. If you were a postcard, and of course I like this because I like postcards. So, if you were a postcard, what would it depict? If I was a postcard, if you were a postcard, or if I if it was my ideal postcard. No, no. If if you were the postcard, mm-hmm. what Tigger. would you depict? Tigger. Tigger. <laughs> and you pick that because I tend to bounce. Ah. I'm very enthusiastic. I've, I've got a, a lot of energy. And um and I'm very cheerful on the whole, thank goodness. Very lucky actually to have a cheerful nature. So I'd probably say I would be be a bouncing <laughs> tigger. <laughs> I think that's a great idea and a lovely <laughs> idea, and it just makes people want to hug you. Which you that know, would be nice in person. That's what we, <laughs> we we're bound to do. Yeah, that would be great. That's the one thing that I I find hard about our profession. You know, we we're all sensitive people. If 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 we weren't, we wouldn't be good at what we do. Mm. We're sensitive. We feel things deeply. Therefore, we can interpret the books that we read. And actors on the whole tend to be sensitive. Writers tend to be sensitive. You have to be because your nerves are almost on the outside of you, I think. They have to be in order to create the work. Mm-hmm. And, and because of the nature of audiobook narration, and this is, to be honest, one of the main reasons I've moved into producing as well. It's so isolated being on your own in front of a mic. And I love I love connecting with other people and bringing them in. And um, so I think that's uh, it's I think we should all get together much more often. Um, But this is certainly a lovely way to do it. Yeah, we've really been enjoying Clubhouse. When I say we, I'm meaning Anne, too, because we co-host for each other. And so we're doing this every other week, each of us. Mm -hmm. And um, it's great. you know, the conversations we've had have been very free-flowing and informative and entertaining. And then the audience gets to join in. And by the way, audience, you still can. Our our clock is ticking and we won't have Allison much longer with us today. 
So definitely we want to hear from you if you want to say hi or have a question or comment. So you you don't really have a, a roster though, right? You don't have anything where narrators would just sign no. up to be considered. Well, not yet. I mean, I probably should. Hey, do you want to be the head of rosters? <laughs> Three jobs! <laughs> I get these emails and I listen every time to people who send me stuff. And I always know, you always know when someone's got it. And, and, and then I, I really do need to have to put them in one place, actually. So rosters are jolly good. It's also a very grown up word, roster. I like it. Yeah, I should, but not yet. I, you know, I don't, I'm not producing, we're not producing enough yet to warrant a roster that's going to change in the next year or two um we'll be we're, we're more doing a fewer quality productions than sort of masses of them so it doesn't really warrant a, a roster but certainly if anybody you know feels in there you know feel hey i think this is something i'd like you know someone we, you'd like to work with us then then email me and we'll we'll we will send it to we'll send your email to karen comments I don't like how this conversation has turned. You're the executive producer. You're in charge of casting. And so I think you should definitely be over the rosters. No, no. I have, I, I just, I certainly, also, actually, I work with other people as well to cast sometimes. Um, but so far, I've just been going on, um, on just gut and hunch. Uh, but how much longer I'll be able to get away with that, I don't know. Well, and when your gut instinct and your hunches are telling you to hire the actor that's going yeah. to get the Audi nomination on Moby yeah. Dick, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you kind of can't yeah. fight that, right? You know, that's. No. Um, well, it was also I, a huge risk financially because it cost me oh. about $20,000. I mean, you know how oh. much it cost. It was a union actor, and we mm. it cost me a lot of money. Oh, yeah, that's um, a long book. It's a long book, but it's, it's doing really well. Great. Thank God. And I remember I, the cover of it. It was, I, yeah, I really remember good. when I saw it, it was just so striking. Yeah. It had the, that whale tail and yeah, that's and right. You could read everything very easily and it, you know, it wasn't cluttered up, but it was just like, yeah, there Moby Dick. And yeah. it, I thought it was just beautiful in its simplicity. Right. So just for the audience, Alison, are you a union signatory or was Moby Dick done done under oh, a one performance agreement? We're, do you think? we're a union signatory. Well, that's at good the moment. for people to know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. fabulous. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's something we are at the moment. We're, yeah. So I've mm -hmm. only hired union actors. I've only been able to mm -hmm. um, up until July of this year. And we're going to have a think about it. We always pay union rates to union actors. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. That's very laudable. I do see that um, Craig has got his hand raised. Should uh -huh. I bring up to the sofa here with you? That'd be great. Yeah, here we go. I think I did it. There you go. Hey, Craig. It says his mic's off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you have to unmute. Yeah, you are. There we go. Hi, Craig. Ah, listen Hello. to that voice. Listen to that voice. Come on. <laughs> so <laughs> he said I in the maybe... chat that you told him to keep keep talking yeah she, I, she said i'm did. looking for no i'm looking for new voices so keep talking i want to hear your voice and so yeah listen to it listen to that how can you how can you say no to that so um i was i was curious though um i i was under the impression that allison larkin presents um had been around a lot longer than you're saying it has so um i'd like to hear more about what you're you know, you're talking about in the next year or two and being very careful about what kind of portfolio you build. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned Civil War to me. Can you, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and I know that, I mean, you're known for English literary <laughs> classics. Mm -hmm. So are you, uh, are you yeah. here to take over America? Is that, is that Well, I think so. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. No. It sounds like it. Well, it's really, it's a good question. I mean, I've just, I had a choice about, it was four months ago, I realized that I had brought the company to a certain level and I could leave it where it was and produce occasionally or 
build it. And I decided it would be much more fun to build it. So we are branching away from public domain and we're branching away. We're not just doing English books anymore. Um, I'm particularly excited. I will tell you guys, I found this author. I discovered her. I got COVID, as did we all. Mm. I got it in January and I was really sick. And I read this book. Uh, called Mapton on Sea by an author called Sam Maxfield. And it was terribly funny. It was completely unique because it was writing about women in a in a in a totally different way. Um, and it was set in the seaside resort in England. And I had a fever of 102. I picked up the phone, I called the author Ooh. and I said, I'd like to produce <laughs> to produce you on audio. And she said oh, no, I don't think I can afford to do that. And I said, no, 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 I'm not asking you to pay me. I want to pay you. And let me please, because it's really good. Anyway, that the first in the series, it's six books, is coming out um, uh, in the summer. And I think oh. we've got a winner. I think I've found a, a great author. That's, mm -hmm. we call us, we say not your ordinary, not your ordinary audio classics. Classics don't have to mean that they're public domain or that they were written a long time ago. What they have to mean is they're really, 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 really good. And yeah. I think I found a classic comic voice. I'm very excited about it. So that, yeah. that's the sort of thing we're looking towards. And then, you know, if somebody comes in and says, here's some money to produce some, a whole bunch of books about the Civil War, I'll do it. Thank you. Sure. Especially if I've got the funds to hire the best directors, the best team, the best, you know, make it really, really good. So I just want to do, I just want to do really good work. And I'm talking with a number of people, brainstorming ideas at the moment. What would be fun? What would be interesting what what would sell and mm. and how can we you know make you know come out with something that's going to make people feel better it's not necessarily a feel-good book either it might be I don't know a, a, a mystical poet who nobody's heard of for a, a long time but if you get the right narrator uh, reading that and you promote it in the right way it can it can have an effect on people because God knows we've got to counteract the nonsense going on in the world. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so um, the other question I had for you um, would be about your opinion of the trend lately to have um, large casts of narrators in a book, multicast. <laughs> well, it's very impressive. I mean, I, I can't do it, but I, I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, why not? And I wouldn't be against the idea, um, but it's, it's more audio drama. I mean, that's what they were doing at the BBC. Mm -hmm. And that's what I don't, I mean, I don't know how many of you, if any of you knew Bill Dufries, who yeah. was a great, yeah. great audio producer and, and also a great human being. And mm -hmm. he was, he was doing it. Um, I think it's, it's, I'm not, doing it quite yet but if karen would like to run our audio <laughs> drama <laughs> i'm not close to the idea and actually we are going to be doing a play uh we are so we are yeah but I, what do i think i think all power to them just please do something good please do something good you know, I, I, the plays, let that use the talent. You've got real talent, then make it be something really, really good. And, and a lot of the stuff is I just don't really have time to listen to it. Oh, I do have another piece of news, which I forgot to mention. I'm not allowed to say which podcast company yet, but the announcement's coming in two or three weeks. I will be, uh, it'll be the Jane Austen podcast with Alison Larkin. Oh, and I'm wow. going to be, they're going to be using my recordings and I will be introducing each episode. And oh, wow. Interviewing people all over the place, which will be really fun and exciting. So I'm actually interested in 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 um, that world as well. I think the world of the pod the podcast world is very interesting as well. But mostly mostly audiobooks, and and I think it's a case of we're going to feel it out as we go along. Is the answer to your question? What kind of people would you be interviewing in relation to your Jane Austen podcast? Well, I have some connections with some of the Colin Firth and uh, some Ooh, of the people. Oh my who, gosh! Well, it, it just I have some connections because I, yeah. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, but let, but that's not confirmed yet. But there are other people, you know, some of those those types, but also Ooh. fans, you know, mm -hmm. um, and 
you know, Jane Austen um, is, a, I know a lot about it and her and I've, mm-hmm. I've got to know the Jane Austen community quite well. So that's, that's very exciting. And I'll let you know, Karen, once I know when that's actually coming out, but it, it's not too far away. I think we're about a month away from release. Because, I mean, you can tell fangirl of Colin Firth over here. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's still all hot. Be really? still our beating heart. Be still our beating heart. I know. Actually, well, his brother. You've been doing, you've yeah. been doing stuff with the. I didn't mean to interrupt, but with the Jane Austen Society. Like I know you've gone yeah. and done readings there, and uh, well, I'm and, I'm an ambassador for the Jane Austen. Yeah, li, yeah. It's called the Jane Austen Literacy Foundation, and it was founded by Jane Austen's great niece, fifth great mm. niece, and what it exists to help refugees and others in literacy crisis learn learn to oh. read. And so she's using the Jane Austen name uh, to sort of help help kids, mostly in India, actually. But there are also kids being helped in parts of the United States. And so I I just that's something I do to sort of help promote that work, which I think is fantastic and important. Well, that is. And I unless we have any last comments from the audience or from you, it's we're coming up on the top of the hour and I know. Yeah, I'm I'm okay stop till, with you. till five past, and then I've got to go. <laughs> but it's up to you. Put your cloak on, right? <laughs> <laughs> the invisibility cloak. <laughs> that's exactly you know, that's exactly what I must be thinking about. The invisibility. <laughs> but if I can be anything, you did say. I thought that's, yeah. that's what I'd be. I'd be hiding behind the cloak, watching everybody. Anyway, if no, but yes, so but thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. So you do this every two weeks? We, we do. I have Pit Stop on alternate Wednesdays and Anne does Narrator Uplift on alternate Thursdays. Well, now why is it called Pit, pit Stop? Because Narrator's Roadmap, you know, we have, we have a Pit Stop. Uh, it's just a road allegory kind of metaphor thing for me because it's it's your midweek rest area to refuel your drive so you know and it just ties in with narrator's roadmap it's just marketing i love <laughs> it it's great i love it i love it i love it i love it and and Anne chose your name because thank you Anne. because <laughs> yeah, she's english like you, <laughs> i know but like you i had a longing for community and this yeah. was the, the the simplest way that I could see a way in to add value without any tech expertise or you know anything yeah. special yeah oh, it's great I think it's fantastic thank you <laughs> we love it yeah well good now I know you're there I shall pop in and out <laughs> oh lovely lovely and you can yeah. wave and it, wave at you <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and also you can listen to it at your leisure because everything is, is recorded. Yeah, exactly. Right. But also, I mean, if there are any narrators listening who, you know, sometimes also you might, you might come across a writer in your town and mm-hmm. you might fall in love with their writing. I, if you fall in love with their writing and, and you want and you think you'd be a good narrator for it and you think I might like it. Don't hesitate to shoot me an email. I'm most interested in hiring narrators who are passionately connected to the material they're reading. And I'm really excited about discovering new voices as well. So I don't know, that's just throwing it out there. But you can find me easily. It's uh, Alison with one L in Alison at alisonlarkinpresents.com. And you can shoot me an email. and, um, And then Karen... Um, will uh, manage. Wait, the what? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, I, I, I mean, I can't promise that we'll do it, but we mm. might. And we are actively looking for unusual material, new narrators, and we're, we're uh, opening things up right now. So we're just open to ideas. And you know what? If it's not a great idea, it doesn't matter. The next one might be. So we don't ever feel shy about about saying, "Hey, how about this or how about that?" Because we're we're open at the moment. Well, there's an invitation we can't refuse, right? And mm-hmm. such a a lovely way to end a really fantastic conversation. 
But it is the top of the hour and time for everybody to get back on the road. So that concludes today's pit stop. The recording is going to be available on Clubhouse later today. And in the near future, I'll post it in a transcript on Narrator's Roadmap. And I hope you'll all take another road trip with us in two weeks on April 26th. Then that day, narrator and production company owner Ann Richardson will be with us on Pit, pit Stop. And do you want to talk about the next narrator uplift on April 27th? That's going to be our dear friend and colleague, Caroline McLaughlin. Ah. Uh, yeah. And Allison, any final words from you? Oh. <laughs> oh, I think, um, okay, I'm going to quote Archbishop Desmond Tutu, because why not? Yes. Remember this. Oh, no, no. I'll quote two people. Oh, good. I'm going to quote two people. First of all, I'm going to quote a friend of mine who was dying. Sorry, sounds a bit depressing, but honestly, I don't think people go very far after they die, so maybe it isn't, but that's another subject. He, I said to him, if you could give three pieces of advice to the people who are left behind, what would they be? And he said, that's easy. Love is the only thing that matters. Remember that most people are doing the best they can with who they are and connect because it is only in connection that love can find expression. And then finally, Desmond Tutu's quote, which has helped me tremendously and always will, I think, is remember, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. Mm. Love that. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that so much, Allison, and I appreciate everything you've said today. We've had just such a great conversation with you. I hope that everybody comes back in a couple of weeks. And in the meantime, I hope you find joy in every journey and live the life of your dreams. So thanks again, Allison, for this delightful conversation. And thanks, Anne, for your excellent observations and support. And thanks to all of you in the audience for spending time with us today. And I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you soon.